Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sports Medicine Broadcast, Appropriate Medical Care. We are live here at the Dragonfly Max Podcast Podcast Lounge in Las Vegas during NATA 2019. We're joined here today by with Bart Peterson and Larry Cooper. And if you are uh, looking for our website, our, you can join us in the conversation at sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash appropriate medical care. Like I said, we're here with Bart Peterson and Larry Cooper. They're going to talk about best practices for appropriate medical care for the secondary school-aged athlete. Good morning, guys. How are you? Great. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're doing great. Good. So Bart and Larry are fresh off a morning session today. They spoke from 7 to 9 on this exact same topic. So they're very excited to get this information out and uh, get it in the hands of the athletic trainers, organizations that are going to use uh, what Larry was talking to me about a little bit before we started recording is the PASS. So Larry, Bart, go ahead and then explain to us what is PASS and, and what is uh, the, the talk you gave this morning. Well, PASS is a online tool, uh, online accompaniment to the document. So I think we need to talk about the document okay. first. Yeah. And then we can, it'll make, the pass will actually make sense a little bit more right. at that point. So, Bart, if you want to talk about 1.0. You bet. So, 1.0, back uh, 2001, 2003, uh, NATA had a task force that uh, worked with 16 other um, medical associations to develop what appropriate medical care was back then. Um since that time, I mean, obviously, there have been a whole bunch of changes that happen in, in healthcare. Uh, for example, just look at what we do with concussions now uh, compared to what we did 20 years ago. Right. So there's actually been 63 different uh, documents that have been produced uh, just by NHTA in that amount of time pertaining to healthcare for secondary school aged athletes. So the first thing we need to, to specify is that it is the document written for the athlete not for the organization meaning this is not what a school provides this is what a uh, student athlete or participant deserves uh, the the care that needs to be provided by the organization for them so it's written for the uh, athlete not for the organization okay okay so um, in the last like, like I said, the last 18 years, there have been um, 63 different documents come out. So a couple of years ago, um, we were kind of looking at it and trying to decide what, what we could do to help raise the bar, if you will. Um, and we looked at the previous document, which was published back in the early 2000s, and um, the care that has been uh, deemed appropriate since then and we decided we needed to update that document so we went to the board of directors of nata and we uh, asked for permission to update it mm-hmm. and we were provided a uh, task force uh, and the task force was tasked with two things number one to update the document uh, and number two to provide a tool that an organization could use to implement the document in their organization so um, we went through a year of uh, research, looking at all the, the information that's been published since. 2001 document came out, 1.0 came out, and uh, came up with uh, a year later. It took a year. And I'll tell you what, this is something that was uh, an amazing um, work of love and passion. This isn't something that we did for an hour a week. Um, it was really Everybody that was involved in it was involved on a daily basis for multiple hours every day. Uh, there's a lot of, lot of, lot of reading, a lot of uh, coordination, a lot of um, just email and collaboration. And everything was going on between all of all the different uh, people involved. They had some brilliant people helping. You um, know, one of the things we really had to do was drill down into all of those documents and find out all of the information that was. Per- very, very pertinent to secondary school age care. And, you know, when Bart mentioned 63 different publications, that's right. just from the NATA. We had other ones we had to go through as well. Yeah, and, and what other organizations? So you mentioned 16 other organizations at that time were a part of that first document? So folks like the AMA, okay. the American Academy of Pediatrics, mm-hmm. um, the APTA was involved, the National Federation was involved, the... Um, 
I'm, just, I'm gonna forget about half of them. That's yeah. I can't see over there. That's too far from my eyes. So you can, you can type in. Well, so so we had the American Academy of Family Physicians, the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons, American Academy of Pediatrics, American Medical Society of Sports Medicine, American Orthopedic Society for Sports Medicine, American Osteopathic Academy of Sports Medicine, the APTA. Uh, American Public Health Association, Emergency Medical Services, International Academy for Sports Dentistry, the National Association of School Nurses, National Association of Secondary School Principals, the NFHS, the NIAA, National Safety Council, and the President's Council on Physical Fitness and Sports. So a lot of stakeholders with a lot of information from a lot of different places, all for the care of student-athletes. Right, and the difference between version two as opposed to version one. In version one, we felt like we needed them at the table to help us. We And the, the profession has grown so much in the last 19 years, since 18 years since this was released, we knew we could do it on our own. Right. And so we did, when we were completed, send it to them and ask them for feedback. But uh, we didn't actually have them intimately involved like we did version one. Okay. So... Um in 2017, we they, we were approved for the the task force, and we, we the final document was approved in 2018. Okay, um, and then it was just published and released. Thank you, in um, May. So it, we couldn't actually release the results until it got published. Right. So in that year time, it was embargoed. We were able to work on the tool, but we couldn't release the, the document. Um, and the standards until until it actually got published. So in just published um, online first in the Journal of Athletic Training, um, right at the end of May. Um, and I'm not sure what the journal number is and all that kind of stuff. The reference is for that, um, but it's a uh, it isn't a journal. It was May 25th. I know that May 25th. Okay. So so what are some of the takeaways from this document? If if I'm a student athlete and I have this document in my hand, what are the major takeaways that I'm going to get away from this document? So, number one, for the student-athlete, you, you, you might notice a difference in the level of care you're receiving. Okay. For the administrator, the AD, the coaches, the athletic trainer, the, the um, stakeholders, you know, the, the owner of the club, uh, the, the coach of the AAU team that's now providing care, um, those folks, are, they're going to see a lot more difference than maybe the athlete will. Hopefully, the athlete doesn't see a huge amount okay. of difference because they're only going to see the difference if they get hurt. Right. So, um, number one, there's 12 standards. Each standard has a narrative explaining why it's important. Each standard has uh, an annotation, which kind of gives a, uh, a little bit further explanation uh, into why it's important. There's evidence of compliance or, or um, the documentation required to, to be com compliant. There's case law. And the case law is really important because case law um, is a uh, something that NHA has never included on a previous document. We've never included the case law of why it's important legally to do these things. So if you're as you're doing a different... Uh, one of the different standards that actually has any relevant case law for that standard. So, and, and it also has the opportunity to really impress upon some of the stakeholders the importance of having these standards. That case law specifically states how important it is to have this standard met. Right, right. And, and it's something that we're very fortunate the board of directors gave us the autonomy to do this kind of thing. This is new. And we think it, it's really going to help the athletic trainer express to their stakeholders, to their administration, why we need to do this. Yeah, you're definitely seeing more and more athletic trainers, unfortunately, being involved in medical malpractice lawsuits, things like that, without having that understanding of the appropriate case law of what their practice is. And then you get into that situation of, well, I didn't know. Well, I didn't know doesn't stand up in court, right? Right, doesn't cut it. Right. Doesn't cut it at all. So that's, to me, that's very important. That's, that's interesting that you've included the case law for each of these standards. Um, how is that something easily read as an athletic trainer, somebody that may not have a background in reading case law or um, 
anything? The way we did this, um, and we were fortunate enough to have a lawyer um, do this work for okay. us um, pro bono, which was really right. nice. But he put it in simplistic terms. He loves athletic trainers. He understands what we do. Um, he was involved with some um, sports-related mm-hmm. cases. So I think he did a phenomenal job of simplifying it so that anybody who reads it can can understand it completely. So you said there's 12 standards. What are some of those standards? And, and do you want to touch on all of them? Do you want to touch on a couple of that uh, that you feel are the most important? Well, if, if I could go through those standards. Okay. And we're not going to go through each substandard. All right. Because there's, there's multiple with each one, but uh, the standards themselves um, are, are, you know, the foundation of this entire document and the online okay. assessment tool. So standard one is uh, having a um, ready, athletes, determining an athlete's readiness to participate in activity by having a PPE, a standardized PPE. And that might seem very simplistic, you know, to you and I, because we deal with this all the time, but... If you have a stakeholder that's involved or you've identified to be involved with PASS, they might not realize the importance until they see it. Right. So, and in that, with along with that, you want to have things like mental health questions, family history questions, uh, making sure it's cleared by a uh, QMP, a qualified medical provider, and then also making sure that you have a management plan if there is a deficiency, an issue that that's showing up after they have a PPE. Okay. So, and that would also be really important. You're seeing a lot of um, the uh, non-school entities, organizations, who are having some issues. Uh, a couple of them have occurred in the last couple of months where kids have gone down um, and had had issues. There's actually one death in a, in a club basketball game in the last right. couple of months, month. That's very recent. Um, and a lot of those organizations do not require physicals. Need to show up and play, and they have no background on the conditions, the pre-existing conditions of the athlete. So what I like about the standards is it gives us, like we said earlier, a tool for us to educate those organizations, our our stakeholders, things like that. Uh, we I had a conversation yesterday with a younger uh, younger professional, and they wanted to talk about what they were as an athletic trainer. They talked about, yeah, I'm an athletic trainer, but they were getting frustrated that when they were going into interviews, the people didn't really know what an athletic trainer was. I said, well, that's now our job to educate people who we are. So when we have standards like this, what do athletic trainers do and how and why are we important? Right. I would agree with that. And I think that the one thing we didn't, we didn't clarify at the beginning and I'd like to clarify now is pass. Once you do the assessment, as an NATA member, this is a member benefit. It's free to an NATA member. And then I determine who I think are the stakeholders that can help the most. It might be my team physician, it might be my AD principal, a school board member, whoever I think. And I can identify unlimited people to help. Now, I, I think we'd want to limit it. You know, you get too many cooks in the kitchen, right. and sometimes it's not good. But if we limit it to maybe your, your school physician or your team physician, your AD, maybe your principal, those are the stakeholders that are really going to help you get everything done, Pro- get your policies and procedures and your protocols up to speed so that you're providing el- elite care. Right. So before we, I, I do want to talk a little bit more about PASS, but let's go back to the standards. Okay. And, and let's, touch on, um, let's touch on a couple more standards. So standard two is making sure that all of your practice competition and healthcare facilities and equipment is cleaned. And not just when you want, but actually having a written protocol and procedure in place so that if somebody comes in and says, well, you know, you had, uh, you've had three outbreaks of MRSA, you know, what have you done to try and remedy that? You, you can say, well, we, ha- we have had this policy and procedure our facilities are cleaned on a, a weekly basis whatever you identify right. as your regular basis but you have a policy and procedure in place and it will certainly help keep your facilities clean reduce infections and and also kind of help you keep you out of the courtroom if if right right if there's that potential so and the past document helps you identify some of those things and proactively battle those issues right like um hand washing techniques and i'm going to defer to bart here for a second because he actually 
was working on this with his school district, so I, I think he could really okay. identify a, a circumstance. So uh, as part of the beta testing for PASS, I started to work on my school. And, uh, you know, the, you, the, some things are really easy because you might be done with them, and some things are a little bit more difficult. Um, yeah, one of the things that I tried to do is a cleaning schedule. And uh, I went to my school district I said, that, where's that cleaning schedule we worked on? How come I'm not getting cleaned every day? That, that was identified, and it's in a document for the school district. They said, well, we kind of don't abide by that anymore because we reduced our staff, the cleaning right. staff. Well, it's still a governing document, right? So it's still, we either need to change the document or change our cleaning schedules to abide by that document. So um, it took about a month and a half to dig through everything with the school district and go through all of the different um, people to get to the point where we could actually make a change. So it took a little while to get there. Um, the other thing with, with uh, Standard 2 is safe not only clean but safe so if you have potholes you have gopher holes you have fences that are coming down you're identifying safety risks and, and fixing those as well yeah I, uh, I yeah as we're talking about the cleaning schedule it's in my head right now you know because I've had to fight for to get my floors cleaned I've had to fight to there's been times I've had to fight to uh, get my trash taken out you know or I've had to actually literally take my trash can from my office put it outside my office you know it's a little obnoxious but uh, we don't have that standard we don't we've never set anything I've talked to our head custodian who I work really well with but if she's not there we're up to you know and now we've we've backed down on our custodial staff as well we brought in another company so they're just not educated on it at all on that type of standard so we were, we're running into that issue at my school so and, and we're not looking for um, a daily schedule. Mm -hmm. We're looking for what is acceptable for your Correct. institution. Right. So, um, like if you're a, an organization that rents a facility from somewhere else, you know, you just want to know that it's clean for your for your participants. Right. Like if you come into um, a gym, a YMCA, and rent that facility, you want to make sure it's safe and clean. What are their standards? You want to be able to verify that they're doing what they can to take care of your kids. You know, another example, and, and I know you're going to appreciate this. I was in a school with a very good wrestling program, and our wrestling mats were clean every day. Yeah. But not the mats on the wall. Interesting. Think about that. Some of the things that you overlook. Right. And so w we want you to identify those and making sure that they're cleaned on a regular basis. And that's identified by your school. Not, You know, we're not setting that standard. That's your school, your institution. So the, the ability to, to reduce infection, is, I think, is really important. Um, and, and honestly, I was at my school for 28 years. I don't know if those, those mats on the wall were ever cleaned. I never saw it. Doesn't mean it wasn't, but I can't verify or deny. Yeah, no, I, it makes you start to wonder around those, those secondary objects, those secondary areas that you may clean really, really well your athletic training table, but are you cleaning the, 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 the shelf next to it or the wall next to it? You know, how many times have you had kids do wall slides and you look up and there's just this mark on the wall from their heel for 10 years that they've been doing that? How many times has that been cleaned when it right. probably should be, right? right. That makes you, it makes you really wonder. I, I know I do a good job of cleaning the walls, but... Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So standard three, mo moving forward, standard three is about equipment worn by athletes, is, is reconditioned, is safe, fits properly, things like that. Stuff that, you know, it really should be a given, but we've all seen that freshman football player who's the last one to get the equipment and, <laughs> you know, it's to the side and they run and it just is all over the place. But we want to make sure that there's a, a policy in place for proper equipment fitting, for reconditioning, for cleaning, you know, and I said this this morning, we all know a proper helmet fit for football and the equipment, but do we know every other helmet, every other sport? So it's important that we, we don't always concentrate on, on the, the high incident sports you know or the big sports 
everyone. And especially with the newer sports that are emerging. So lacrosse is gaining popularity every right. single year. And those helmets are evolving every single year. So right. if you're not aware of those newer sports or those newer helmets, newer equipment, that could cause a problem and cause an issue of I didn't know. Absolutely. So um, standard four would be protective materials. Products are used to, to prevent athletic injuries and their safety applied um, uh, with their appropriate material. So the, um, you know, this is what we do. This is what everybody thinks about athletic trainers, you know, your taper, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, this is just one of 12 standards. Um, however, there needs to be somebody there that knows how to do it. Um, I was recently talking to a coach, and he said, yeah, I know how to do that. I can do that. And then I watched him do it, and it was really that, scary. That's one of the most cringeworthy yeah. <laughs> things that I hear is a coach say, I can tape an athlete. Well, yeah. I took a course in that. I can yeah. do your job. I, did I, read that. That. I read that book. I read that Kramer book a long yeah. time ago. We had, we had a weak unit where we taped for two days in class, and yeah. now I can do that. We don't need you, right? So we need a, quali- a qualified medical professional who is trained in applying appropriately the materials or safe, uh, tape, padding, wrapping. How many times have you seen bubble wrap on a cast? Right. Uh, at that youth baseball league or soccer league or whatever else. And bubble wrap, we know it pops when you hit it, right? So That's that fun. first impact was awesome, but the second impact kind of hurt. Yeah. So, yeah, we want to make sure that we take care of those uh, athletes appropriately when we're... Because when we're they are being used as medical devices, as, as a medical treatment it's not just slapping duct tape on or slapping different you know how many times have you seen that or god i i duct I tape seen works really well in a swimming tape. pool yes yes that, yeah but that works that's about its only application in athletics yeah. you know unless you're holding a pad together right so yeah my my first job that i <laughs> i worked at i showed up and there was a, a football player during a jv football game and he has his thumb taped i went over and looked at it I said, so um, who taped it? He goes, oh, coach did. And I said, okay. It was with masking uh-huh. tape. <laughs> you, you, you realize how quickly that rips? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we need to make sure that the, the people who are providing those protective devices, prophylactic taping, whatever it is, are using that equipment Correct. properly. So the next standard would be standard five, and that would be your, um, your environmental concerns, heat, cold, most people don't have an air quality, mm-hmm. right? We need to start looking at air quality a little bit better, especially in the West out here. If you're in Vegas and the storm track is just right, those storms and uh, the, the fires in Montana, Oregon are going to put smoke right down here, right? So that smoke carries, it carries wherever. Um, and you're going to have that kind of stuff anywhere. You could have smog in the LA or up in the bigger cities in the East. So um, air quality is a big one. Lightning. Um, and, and not only to have the policies, but know how to do them and know how to implement them and make sure you're using best practices. And, and identifying a weather watcher, someone who is going to be doing that on a regular basis. And hopefully it's not the coach, you yeah. know, dur- during a practice because they're, they're focusing on coaching. They're not worried about the, you know, the weather coming in. It, really, ideally, that should be the athletic trainer. Right. You want the specialists doing their specialty. Right. Right. Because then they're going to recognize those needs when they need to be met. Right. Standard six is education and counseling um, provided for athletes on nutrition and supplementation and, you know, just on dietary counseling. Um, And if you don't feel comfortable doing that, having a referral process in place, identifying a couple, maybe a physician, a, a dietitian, a sports nutritionist, in your area that you can refer to, whether it be weight loss, weight gain, or a eating disorder. Right. So that there's a lot of a lot of schools that are utilizing the nutrition departments at universities, local university, come over, and those students at those universities get experience working with people. So it's a great opportunity to provide that to your school right. by <clears throat> utilizing somebody else's expertise, possibly, or their time even better, right? Because we're so maxed out on time. Right. So utilizing them to, to use their time while you're doing something else. Yeah, I think nutrition is a big thing, too, because how many people take that one nutrition class and then they pass it and then they kind of forget about it a little bit? Or, or you only know the, the very important three things of nutrition 
and then you have to regurgitate them every, uh, you know, for us, it's every February before wrestling starts. And then you, you kind of, you know, reload the, the PowerPoint the next year. Um, you know, I've stepped away from that because I, I want the specialist specialist in there to give that talk and to give that information because what you're going to get from me isn't going to be that great. It's, you're going to get it from somebody who's more educated, who has that as their specialty from their uh, their arena. They want to bring that in and, and, and give that directly to our student athletes. Absolutely. So standard seven would be wellness programs, promote safe progression of physical fitness and improve lifelong learning lifelong participation so um there's a, a group called sideline usa i don't know if you've talked to them or not that would no. be another great podcast for you um sideline usa deals with athletes that have been medically disqualified okay so you have the, the kid who uh they get hurt and we want to make sure that number one they don't get pushed aside and forgotten right right but number two provide them resources to get on with their life and uh, so many of our athletes these days, um, that's the entire focus. That's their entire life Every being. single day, practice and games. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, their identity is stripped from them. Correct. So they have some mental issues to go along with that med- medical DQ. Um, so we want to make sure we provide those resources. We also want to make sure that we're encouraging multi-sport, right? Keep people healthy. Right. Make sure we're teaching life skills, how to stay healthy, you know, stretching, flexibility, um, how to appropriately lift weights, different movement patterns, movement patterns, all that kind of stuff. So you're, you were truly teaching the individual how to be a lifelong, physically active person right. to be healthier. Cause that's really what we are is healthcare. Right. right? So standard eight is a comprehensive uh, athletic emergency action plan. It's venue specific. It's rehearsed annually with all the stakeholders, EMS, firefighters, police, security. And then there's ability to review it after you've utilized it. So, you know, what did we do well? What did, do we need to improve on? Um, you know, what, what do we need to change to really um, to make it the best that it, that it can be? Make it an elite emergency action plan. Now, is the document, is that standard going to help people generate an EAP? Or is that something that it's just going to... Yes. Okay. Awesome. Both. both. All, right, all the way around. Start from zero to 60, right? And it might actually just help you tweak it and make you right. better. But if you're starting from scratch, then it'll help you start from scratch. Okay. Standard nine is is our definition of athletic training. You know, on-site um, prevention, recognition, evaluation, and immediate care of athletic uh, injuries and illnesses. So that that's nothing new. Okay. That's that's what we do. And if you don't know standard nine, then uh, <laughs> we're in trouble. Yeah. So standard ten would be on-site therapeutic intervention. So this is after they, we've identified the injury or illness. Now we're going to treat it. We're going to rehabilitate it. We're going to take them from from being injured and get them back into their sport, get them back into play. However, we're doing it. So rehab, evaluations, uh, plan of care, uh, those kind of things. Okay. Standard 11 is probably the, the, the newest edition, and it's probably the one that has the going to have a huge impact on everybody, and that is a comprehensive management plan for at-risk athletes with psych, psychological um, concerns. You know, education, counseling, uh, um, return to learn, return to play, um, all of those issues that are associated with con- concussions right. and... You know, it can be, but can also be at, with um, bullying and and things that are occurring with these high, secondary school age athletes. Wherever it could be, a, you know, at a practice field, it could be in a in an event, an organiz, you know, a tournament, but it also can be um, in school too. Right. I, I, I standard eleven. That's you know, for us in Michigan. That's one of the things that we're really kind of hitting on is that mental health, that at-risk psychological care. Um, we're trying to, to formulate something for uh, for the state overall for, for that type of concern. So for, t- for uh, those that are at the convention right now, tomorrow's uh, secondary school session is um, related to that, directly related to that. It's the, the critical incident, emergency action plan, dealing with the, the active shooter or something else right. like that. So. Uh, it's, a, it's an important part of that, um, and so we invite everybody out to, to that. 
Yeah, longer, long gone are the days of just the emergency action plans for injuries now, right? right. We have to deal with more than just injuries. We're, we're dealing with psychological we're dealing with potential catastrophic and catastrophic events too so this is really important if we can identify it early mm-hmm. right then we don't have to deal with that other stuff down the road yeah, yeah. so we really want to be, to help our athletic trainers identify things earlier and get that intervention in in place yeah and that'll help people be more proactive than reactive which which exactly. we don't want to be as athletic trainers so standard 12 this is the one this is like the where the rubber meets the road Right. This is the administration plan to put everything together and make everything happen um, with your athletic health care program. So um, we're talking about the athletic health care team, the, the, the professionals that are working together to provide that care. We're talking about documentation. We're talking about policy and procedure manuals, um, cal- calibration of your equipment. Um, and that's a big one. Um, you know, we don't want to be using equipment that is not right working right um storage of records resources hipaa compliance ferpa compliance uh, there's a lot of those organizations out there that are not school-based that have no idea that there are confidentiality issues with medical issues yeah we, right? we actually just had a uh, security team come through our high school and do a complete records review of how we're handling all of our records with within the, the school itself, and then they moved on and asked athletically, how are we storing our standards? I knew that there was issues, but this is the first time that we were able to actually address those issues. How are we going to be more appropriate with those medical records and things? So, so did, they, did they, when they identified an issue, did they recommend some resolution? Yes. And then that supported what your assertions have been for however long for a long time and then admin all of a sudden has to to do something about it right so that would be i mean that's hopefully what we're doing with all of these things is identify an issue and then let's provide a solution so with the pass is this a document that i can do it really quick online and and print it out and hand it over well sure yeah i mean garbage in garbage out right so the more detail you put into it the more detail you're going to get out of it okay we're recommending that with 12 standards, you take a month for each standard. It might not take you an entire month, but certainly if you block off that time, you're not, you don't feel overwhelmed mm-hmm. and it's going to be, you know, a, just a, a burden on you and weigh you down every day. So it just, you know, take your time, take a, a standard a month. Okay. So about the online tool, which I, I think is really kind of neat is it stays with the school and you know, if you're a, a person who's starting a new job, probably one of the first things you want to ask is, has your uh, school completed pass? Because if you come to Penn Trafford and I've completed pass, all of your policies and procedures are still there. Right. You don't have to start from square one, you know, and build everything. It's already there. Where before, if you started a new school, you had to build your own policies and procedures from the very beginning which is very time consuming. It's exhausting. Overwhelming. Yeah, it's very overwhelming. So th- what's really nice is it stays with the school. And certainly if I'm moving to another school, I can take my information with me to assist me and maybe improve where I'm going. But, you know, our, our goal is for PASS to be the, the gold standard. Right. So, and that's really important that, that you take it with you, Right. But it's more important for that new person coming out. They're brand new out of college. They got hired on Friday and they start on Monday. Right? That never happens. It, right? <laughs> well, you're right. And so those, those, those uh, individuals, those professionals, are trying to be as professional as possible, yet they've been, there's a roadblock right there. Yeah. And it really puts um, an issue in front of them, and they're not able to overcome that for a significant period of time. Where if that, those records in pass are there, they at least have a starting point. They can always take them and tweak them. They can move them and they can fix them to fit them and the school environment that they're in. But they have a starting point. Um, and so we really encourage that to happen. It's kind of a cool thing. So the next thing is there's no grade associated with it. So we're not giving your school a grade. Okay. Right? So you're not going to take it and go, oh, you got an F. And then you take a report to the principal and, oh, well, if you got an F, what, what kind of athletic trainer are you? We're going to get somebody else. Right. 
So there's no grade associated with it. What there is is just your uh, an action plan. These are the areas where you identify that you need to improve on, and and let's help you work through that. So is that going to help us? So say there's an issue with, we'll go back to the cleaning schedules, cleaning issues. We address some of those things that need to be taken care of or made aware of. How can this help me address those? So, and I know this has happened to you. You go to your director of maintenance or your supervisor of maintenance, and you've asked them to uh, come in and clean your facility. And you leave the room, and they're like, yeah, right, whatever. I'll get to it when I get to it. But if you have your principal as a stakeholder and, you're, and he, the principal sends an email or goes down and talks to him, he or she and says, we need to have a written policy on a cleaning schedule for the athletic training facility. Uh, it's very critical that you do this immediately. It's going to get done. So that's why we include all those stakeholders. Correct. All right. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking to mind right now, I have a school board president who is an absolute pit bull for our athletic program. It's awesome. And it's been amazing to have him on board and, and help us push through some of our initiatives, things that we really find that are important. So if we have or identify people like that, that's really going to help us push those things through that are important. The other, the other thing, well, there's one of the recommendations is that your policy and procedures and all of your uh, information is posted online yes. so that it's out there for everybody to see. So that way when a mom, because your best advocate in any school is a parent advocate. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Parent advocate's going to make change. It's going to they can raise a stink, and you don't, you know, you get stuff happen. And we got a whole remodel of our entire gym because of one mom made a stink, right? So you can make things happen if you have um, some advocates. Um, so wh- whoever that champion is, you got to identify that champion, and then make sure they're involved and, and they have buy-in. So um, no one outside of your the people that you deem necessary are going to see your results. However, we, we will be gathering data, right, and comparing so that you possibly when 20% of the people have taken past, 20% of the schools, we compare all the schools in Michigan and find out which standard Michigan rocks, you know, okay. rocks at and which standard Michigan really has a problem with, right, or and where you fit along those lines, okay? So... We need about 20% of the 13, 14,000 high school athletic trainers to, to take pass and do it so, so we can hit that, um, those uh, comparisons. The, the other thing, too, that, that we, we kind of envision is collaboration and sharing of information. So if I'm going to Palo Verde High School and I want to know what facilities they have, what equipment, you know, how things are going to go... I can request through pass information from Bart, and then he can share whatever information he wants to share with me, emergency action plan, you know, whatever it may be, for a designated period of time. And that's all he shares. You know, he can identify right. what to share. And then if it's three days and then three days later, it's gone. I don't have that access. But now what we've done is we've improved the level of care for the visiting athletic trainer and visiting team as well so and then in Bart's situation how many schools are there in Tucson yeah we have 27 28 29 depending on if you're looking at charter schools and private schools and and how many athletic trainers do you have Um, almost one per one per school so they could technically if they wanted collaborate on the these standards and getting all this information done and, and have it generic, and then each school would then tweak it to their individual school. Right. So, you know, we've, we've tried to build in a couple things that would be very advantageous for a large organization in there. Uh, if you were for a hospital system, you can have your supervisor, athletic training supervisor, get in there and, and watch what you're doing, too. And they could also help. So... You know, there's a couple things that we did with the online tool that is n- has never been done before. That it's like a one-stop shop. That's good. It, I like the way it's a, a document to help athletic trainers not call people out. You're not doing this correctly. It's there to help you identify those issues uh, to correct them and, and, and make your facility, make your practice a lot better. Our goal is at the end, you press a button and you print out your policies and procedures manual. Right. Everything. You know, everything's right there. And 
and the other thing too, and, and I'll let Bart talk about this, is what what we want to try and do um, w- with the end product. The end product of Pass, we're really trying to elevate the, the care, right? We're trying to bring everybody up, and everybody's going to start at a different point. So you might be providing some things at your school. I'm not providing at mine. So there, it's not a one-shop, one-stop shop, fit all for everybody in the same way. We believe it is a one-stop shop for everybody, but it's not a universal fit. I mean, everybody's individual. Right. You have your own issues at your own school. So, excuse me. So the, um, the end goal, what we'd like to see happen is we'd like to move to the medical model. Right. So my current evaluation system is I'm evaluated on how my lesson plans are after school, okay. during practice. You know, and that's a, a generalization, but it's pretty much I'm evaluated at the teacher evaluation scale. There's no medical. Nobody evaluates me who has any skill what I'm doing. Right. Or there's no. Um, no equal in the yeah. district or in your in your high school. There, so who do, who do we compare? Larry Cooper, the athletic trainer, too, right? Right. There is no comparison. We can compare other teachers and, yeah. and things like so, that. So, my my idea, my my thought is, is we're gonna if we can create this, and you have your um, directing physician, your team physician, and they're collaborating with your uh, administrator, your evaluator, on, you know, Bart really is good at this, but he's got some issues here. So we need let's let's evaluate him and work him in this way. Um, you know, here's his report. Let's let's fix this in the report. Let's fix those kind of things. Then then we're actually moving the high schools away from athletic model to a medical model, and that's a real end goal. You know, let's get away from having the AD, who's also the coach, evaluate you based on whether or not you got the quarterback on time, right. uh, back on the field on time. What's your time frame for that? Oh, good luck. <laughs> the, the other thing, too, uh, I think that we, we identified this multiple times earlier. If, you're a, if you have gone in and done the Safe Sports School Award, mm-hmm. you probably have completed 75 to 90% of pass. So we would like to, if you're completing the Safe Sports School Award, to consider going and doing pass. Okay. And, and vice versa. If you're doing pass, when you're done at the end – you might want to consider doing the Safe Sports School Award as well. Because we all know that school school board members and principals and that love to see banners and good mm-hmm. things. So, you know, I think they can really work and, and kind of mesh together. So actually, the, the, one of the goals there is actually have, when you click the button in pass, it clicks the button for you in the Safe Sports School Award and vice versa. That's our dream. That's our dream. <laughs> It might be a pipe dream, but it's a dream because we all know we have we're limited in time. Right. We don't have time to be double entering. Right? Especially if they're analogous, if they're yeah. the same thing right. on both documents or, or, or very similar. Yeah. If we're completing a pass and, and, and identifying some of those things, and, and you're doing really well on that, you're most likely doing really well. You're going to pass the uh, the safe, safe right. sports school. Award. So at the end of either one, you receive an email, and the email says, um, "Email says, hey, you know, you're you're." 15% away from completing the other one. You know, just go over there and do this and this and this and you're good to go. So we have uh, Scott Erno posted on the Facebook Live Want to say uh, Larry and Bart are giants in the profession and he appreciates uh, everything that you're sharing here today. So if we could, you know, we identified there, there's some people that were part of this and I think they're really critical components and I, I'd be remiss if I didn't, yeah. if we didn't mention them. Before that, the, Scott called us giants, but we're literally standing on the shoulders of giants. So the the people that Larry's going to mention are the the giants that we're standing on the shoulders of. So obviously the board of directors for giving us the the opportunity and, and the autonomy to do this, the the staff, um, specifically Amanda Muscatel, she was a rock star, but we had. The secondary school committee helped us with the pass and beta testing and everything. And without their assistance, we could not have made this the quality that it is right now. Um, but the task force membership was um, myself and Bart. And then we had George Wham out of um, 
um, South Carolina, uh, Jason Cates out of Arkansas, Randy Cohen from the University of Arizona, Tom Dompierre, who's a researcher out of Pennsylvania, Dan Newman from Union High School in Oklahoma, um, Bart, um, sorry, Tamara McLeod, who is an absolute amazing Amazing. person (laughs) she i i can't thank her enough she was just incredible and scott chafin but last but certainly not least and um our thoughts and prayers are with him and his family right now ronnie harper um who's just a a tremendous friend of ours a great athletic trainer a good person and uh he couldn't make it his um his son was in a car accident hit head-on and he's really dealing with a lot of issues but we wish him the best and he 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 had a vision and uh his vision was amazing yeah this is an amazing document this is amazing information to get out for for athletic trainers and and to help with um the overall care of student athletes across the board we're going to talk about the atlas update next um and, and one of the things that we've identified is that there's a potential for a public health issue with the missing uh, standard of care and, and access to care for some student athletes. So uh, getting something out like this is really going to help address, hopefully, a little bit more proactive uh, than, than we'd want with providing care for some of those athletes that don't have access to care or health care. Yeah, we, we really appreciate the opportunity to come on your um, broadcast today and, and, and really get this out there because uh, we, we think it's going to be a game changer. Yeah. So really quickly, if we can, if you want to access pass, yes. the URL is HTTP colon slash slash pass, P-A-S-S dot N-A-T-A dot O-R-G. And you said that and that's a, a member benefit as well, correct? It'll be a member correct. benefit. So what will happen is you'll, you'll take, pull up the URL. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're an N-A-T-A member, you'll click on N-A-T-A member. If you're not a member, then you'll click on that. And the NHL will work with you because we want to obviously increase care. So we're going to work with you to, to give you access. If you're an organization, uh, then they're going to work with you as well to create a separate access point for you there. If you just want access to somebody's school, so you're a visiting athletic trainer, you're going to get their visiting team documents, there's a button for that. Um, for the NHL members, you click on that NHL member, it's going to take you to another screen. There'll be a a purple box that says single sign-on and you click on that single sign-on and it'll take you to your NATA login for the NATA website and then you log in there and it'll take you back to pass and then you'll have all access <clears throat> throughout the, the entire program so it's pass.nata.org yeah that, it really I'm gonna look that up as soon as we get off here I want to I want to start getting on my document for my school yeah. as soon as we can so the other thing is um, there's a mentor part of this. So you can click on the mentor at the very top. It'll say gather is one thing. And if you want to ask a question, you can ask a question about pass on gather. Right. Um, and then we can respond back to you. If you want one-on-one, you can request a mentor through the NATA mentor program, which is kind of like, ga- um, I, I forgot my example. Yeah. Um, like match.com. Match.com or... <laughs> Farmersonly.com or something like that, right? You're going to call it athletictrainersonly.com. And, and you go in and you, set, you, you identify that you want, a, uh, uh, you want somebody who's really strong in the emergency action plans, right? You like long walks on the beach, <laughs> emergency action plans, and those kind of things. Only drinks IPAs. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And, and so then that'll, when I go in and sign up as a mentor, I might say that I'm really strong in emergency action plans, and it might match us together. Okay. Right. So you're able to identify your needs, and, and we can put you with somebody who's strong in that area, and then you, you can work one-on-one, or you can ask on Gather just for suggestions. And, and that's how the profession grows stronger. Yeah, I, that's a having that mentor issue. It would be amazing because how many times you're going to have to work through certain things, uh, and having somebody who's a specialist in that standard or or overall just have somebody to go back to. Um, you know, because how many of us athletic trainers work in a single lone, you know, by island? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're literally, there's a lot of folks, there's a lot of schools are out there. There's nobody within 130, 140, 150 miles. Right. right. So, I mean, 
back in when I was going through it, that was a long-distance phone call. That got expensive, and the school wouldn't let you make those phone calls. So you were really on your own. Now it's a little easier um, to make those connections, and I would really suggest a local connection. How do you do it in your area? But, you know, how are you going to get it? Get help from other people and work with, collaborate with other people. Make it happen. So hopefully you guys, you know, you're, you're able to see, you know, the, the benefits of this and, and what we tried to build into it and why we tried to build it this way. Um, it, it's for everybody. It's not, not just for the young professionals, for the seasoned veteran who's making a change, uh, maybe going from a clinic to a high school or changing a high it, It's going to benefit everybody. Right. Yeah. I, I, I really think this is going to be something that is going to uh, accelerate the profession of athletic training by showing the importance, not just, hey, we're there, we know what we're doing, but it's going to give an, a reason why it's going to give those standards that we're able to fall back on and, and prove our, our worth. So if anybody would like to get a hold of you, Bart, what's a, a good email address for somebody to, to email. shoot you questions? Well, right or, now my or, email crashed while I've been here in Vegas. I'm getting about 100 mailer demons every day, uh-oh. and so it's blowing up. But we're, let's try A-R-I-Z-A-T-C at gmail.com. Okay. Or uh, on Twitter, it's Bart underscore Peterson. And do you have a dating profile as well? That <laughs> Well, I, on I, farmer. I don't know. Uh, uh, Farmersonly.com <laughs> and swipe right. <laughs> Larry, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, it's C-O-O-P-A-T-C-1, the number one, at gmail.com. And I'm also on Twitter uh, just look up Larry Cooper. <laughs> I was going to say I'll pull it up really quick. Uh, well, thank you very much. I think this is a lot of really, really good information. It's Like I said, it's going to help accelerate the profession by showing our standards, by showing our worth a little bit more, giving us reasons why we need to change some, some things and, and create that document that's going to help provide better care for our student-athletes. So uh, for... John, Larry, Bart, and the Sports Medicine Broadcast at the Dragonfly Max Podcast Lounge. That is a wrap. Thanks. Thank you.